normally what happens at uh, this time when we have a, a dinner like this is, actually, I'm going to do something really weird just because I can't resist. I've never done this in 16 years before. I want to take a picture of you. Is that okay? Hold on. Stay where you are. That's good practice, Charlie. We're not quite ready there yet. I want to be in it. It's just Christmas dinner with some of my, a few of my friends. Keep going. Keep cheesing. All right, one of those has to be good. Huh? What's that? You, you're probably in the worst spot of all because you've, you have like me in direct line of, that's bad. Like it's a great place if you want to hide to be like, I'm, you're not supposed to agree with that. No, you weren't supposed to agree. All right, right. That's okay. <laughs> okay, so anyway, where was I? So uh, Merry Christmas and, uh, no, that's for the end. Um, we, we have a special treat. Usually what happens when we have our dinners, we come upstairs and we sing together and we're going to do that. But uh, what's happened here in our church just in very recent weeks is we've had a number of people just kind of like step forward with their musical abilities and they've, they've put together some music for Christmas, right? And so we had um, kind of a, 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 an, we had a couple weeks in a row where we had multiple songs in our services and what I did is we just, we just lined up about like five or six of them for you tonight. And uh, so we're going to start off by, by, by hearing uh, from some of the musicians in our church who are going to sing for you. And then our wonderful band will come up here and we'll sing a few songs together as well. All right? So uh, this, is, this is all about worshiping the Lord and listen to these songs and encourage these musicians who are here to sing for you. But, but we're, we're really excited about this. Okay? So, uh, never done it like this before, so if I need a couple of seconds in between the songs, please uh, bear with me. But, you know what I want to do first of all, is I just want to say a prayer, okay? Let's have a prayer because, you know, it's not like high church here or anything like that at this time. It's sort of casual, but it is like still an assembly for the glory of the Lord. So, let's just invite the Lord's presence with our prayer. It's always with us anyway, but let's just worship Him and thank Him and... And, and then we'll go right ahead here. I'll introduce our first singer in a moment. Okay? Let's pray. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, Lord God, we rejoice that we can be gathered together here tonight. This is a wonderful occasion, Lord God, one that's full of joy and full of happiness and uh, just full of good spirit of, of people being together and spending time together. And Lord, we certainly want to pause from our fellowship downstairs Not that you're not in everything, but we especially want to turn the spotlight on you now. And even though there are singers and musicians who are going to do music here now, we want to turn our attention to you, Lord God, and help us to listen to these songs, some familiar, some not, but help us to listen to these songs and listen to these words and have our hearts turned to the truth about you and the wonderful salvation that you began to fulfill your promise to bring forth when Jesus was born. And help us to think about these things tonight as we're listening to these wonderful 
Christian musicians who have prepared this music so hard for us. And we thank you, Lord God. Really, it's for us, but, you know, it's all for you, Lord God. We want you to be honored and glorified. So in everything we do here tonight, we pray that happens. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This, this is Gloria Mia, Gloria Mia Loriano, and she is going to start us off by, by playing and singing a song for us. All right? Take it away. Gloria Mia. Go ahead, Angela. Go ahead. Wonderful. Go ahead, guys. You can go up. Oh, I'm sorry. That was wonderful. Now, this... Now we have a group coming up to sing for us. If you were in church this morning, you heard them, and they did a great job. And now, if you're visiting with us tonight or you couldn't make it this morning, we're really glad to share this with you as well. Uh, Amy Tierpak is playing the piano over here, and she rehearsed for quite some time this group of young children from our church, and they're going to sing this wonderful song for us as soon as they're ready. Okay?
All right, that's great. Praise the Lord. I hope, I hope in addition to just admiring the beauty of the music and the, just the irresistible sight of children singing for the Lord like that, you're listening to the words. I mean, the beautiful lyrics in that song point us to the truth concerning our Lord. Uh, next up, where's Bella? Here we go. This is Isabella Rosano. And uh, Bella, Bella's no... That's okay. That's, Only the people in the band, only the people in the band know how that music stand works. There's a trick to it. We don't tell anybody, and that's what happens. So, there you go. All right. Um, anyway, Isabella is no stranger to uh, singing in front of us. She's done it many times, but uh, she's worked on and prepared this song. She sang it in church a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're glad to have her sing it for us here tonight, accompanied by Amy. Yes.
great. Yep. This is awesome. Okay, next up here, uh, well-known in our church is Ken, Ken Martino, and his daughter, uh, Jillian. They both are uh, uh, seasoned singers, and they're going to sing for us here next. Mighty 
Thanks, guys. That was great. Okay. Now, everyone stand up. Ready? I'm going to give you about 60 seconds to do this. Okay? Go find someone in the room that you haven't said hello to yet tonight. Find two people that you haven't said hello to yet. Go and say Merry Christmas to them. Go. And the band, get up here. Let's go. I said hi to you, but you're standing right there. So let's go, guys. Come on. He's after the band. So can you just read Pedro first? Yes. Oh, it starts off with you. It's about, it's about, you know, angels we have heard. Right, Jonathan? What? I said angels is first. Okay, what do you have first? What do you have? No, there's three. There's three.
It, it kind of starts off with Jesus being born of a virgin, but then progresses through the rest of what he did while he was here on earth, culminating with a verse about him returning again one day. So that's important to sing about. And then we'll close with the one Christmas carol that the band knows <laughs> that you'll see when we get there. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're going to sing now. You enjoy this and sing, sing with us and pay attention to these words. Here we go. Okay. One, two. Who are we? That you would be mindful of us. What do you see? That's worth looking our way. We are free in ways that we never should be. Sweet release from the grip of these chains. Like hinges straining from the weight, my heart can no longer keep from singing. All that is within me cries for you alone. Be glorified, Emmanuel, God with us. My heart sings a brand new song. Dead is paid, these chains are gone. Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, you know our hearts don't deserve your glory. Still, you show. A love we cannot afford Like hinges straining from the weight My heart can no longer keep from singing All that is within me cries For you alone be glorified Compared to Calvary, nevertheless, we laid at your feet such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, nevertheless. 
we lay it at your feet. All that is within me cries for you alone be glorified. Emmanuel, God with us. My heart sings a brand new song. The debt is paid, these chains are gone. One day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin Dwelt among men, my example is he Word became flesh and the light shined among us His glory revealed Living he loved me Dying, he saved me. My sins far away. Rising, he justified. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Oh, glorious day. One day they led him up Calvary's mountain. One day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected. Bearing our sins, my Redeemer is he. Hands that healed nations stretched out on a tree. And took the nails from me. Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. 
rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day oh glorious day Death could not hold him, and the grave could not keep him from rising again. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified, freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, glorious day. One day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glories will shine. Wonderful day, my beloved one, praying in. My Savior Jesus is mine. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day, glorious day, oh glorious day. Praise the Lord. Now, now, right in the beginning of our time here tonight, Gloria Mia sang this song the way that it's supposed to go. But now we're going to put our own, little, our own little twist on it, okay? So this isn't as elegant, but it's fun. It's fun to sing along with. I don't want to make too much of a joke out of it because we have a little fun, but, but um, it's a serious message, you know? I mean, one of the best known, really, maybe one of the most famous reported facts about the night that Jesus was born was that these angels, this angelic host, appeared in the sky to shepherds and announced to them that God's salvation had come to people. And, and they were, they, this whole host was in the sky saying, and in the song it's in Latin, Gloria in excelsis Deo, which means glory to God in the highest, right? And the rest of it, on earth peace and goodwill toward men for unto you is given in this day in the city of David, a Savior, born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. Ready to sing? Ready to sing and glorify the Lord? Ready? Jonathan, hit it. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. 
And the mountains in reply Echo back their joyous strains Gloria In excelsis Deo joyous strains prolong say what may the tidings be which inspire your heavenly song Gloria in excelsis Deo Him whose birth the angels sing Come adore on bended knee Christ the Lord, the newborn King Gloria In excelsis Deo Just with the drums now, ready? See within a manger lay. Come on. My bandmates up here tonight are Ken Martino and Isabella, my wife Roberta, my son Jonathan on the drums, and this is Phil, and this is Dennis on the bass. You may be seated. Now speaking of Phil, Phil's got a real gift, and I, I heard Phil, I was sitting in my office one day, and Phil came over to practice, and and I, and I heard him practicing this song, and I came running out of my office like, whoa, you got to do that. So he did it for, in, for us in church once already, and if you weren't here to hear it, this is, a, uh, this is a classic Christian song. It's by a singer named Michael Card, and it's called Emmanuel, and, and I don't want to heap pressure on my brother, but Phil just nails this. But in any case, listen, listen to these words and the way this is crafted, and our brother presents the, the truth of God with us to us. Go ahead, brother. A sign shall be given, a 
Thanks, brother. It was awesome. Praise the Lord. You enjoying the music? You want to hear me preach now, or do you want more music? One more song. That was nice of you to say. Where's Amy? Amy, Amy, Amy. Where is he? Come on, Amy. <laughs> Amy, that's amazing the way you conjured up that like seven-year-old voice on, on just short notice like that. That was great. The ventriloquist. Okay. Uh, open your hymnals. Let's sing a classic here. 133. Hark, the herald angels sing. Yes. Oh, yes. It is. It's back in. You should be on. You should be up. Hit a note. Hit a note. Yes. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. 145, sorry Amy, 145, hey listen, shh, listen, 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 veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail, hail, the incarnate deity, right, late in time, behold him come offspring of the virgin's womb, mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. 
born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. 145, oh come all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant, oh come ye, oh come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Oh come, let us adore him. Oh come, let us adore him. Oh come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Sing choirs of angels. Sing in exaltation, oh sing, all ye bright hosts of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning, Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, oh come let us adore him, oh come let us adore him, oh come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, one more. No, just kidding. No, kidding. Kidding. (laughs) Did you know that everything, listen up now, everything we know about Jesus being born, everything that we know that fills the content of all of the songs that you've sung and listened to tonight, comes from one source, and that's the Bible. Do you know that? There are Christmas songs that uh, are written that add kind of traditional elements, and and there, there are some that are written to kind of describe Jesus that include certain elements that really aren't true. We, we try to focus on the songs that emphasize just what the Bible says. There are also Christmas songs that aren't like about Jesus, that, that are just fun songs to sing and nice songs to sing, which I, I think are totally fine. I, I enjoy some of those too. We don't necessarily sing them in church, but, but you know, they're, they're great. But uh, 
The Bible is really the issue here. What we need to know, listen, listen, listen. What we need to know is what the Bible says about this. Otherwise, we're just, we're just like, we're just like throwing darts blindfolded, trying to pick out what is true. You know what I mean? You got to know what the Bible says about this. There are three books in the New Testament, three of the four Gospels, Matthew and Luke and John, that give accounts of what's important about Christmas. And all I want to do tonight is read the short portions from all three of those to you because I want you to think about them. Two of them are very familiar to everyone, and the third one is not so much, but it's every bit as much about what we call Christmas as the rest of it. The Gospel of Matthew maybe has the shortest account of Christ's birth. Listen carefully to these words. They start in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. And it starts off by saying, listen, listen now. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. That's a pretty straightforward introduction. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he, that's Joseph, thought about these things, and what was he thinking about? He's thinking about the fact that the woman that he's engaged to be married to is pregnant already. That would be hard. Apologies to the younger children in the room. That would be hard for anybody to sit and to think about. So he's thinking about these things and what he should be doing about this. And it says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And how awesome a little anecdote is it that it was Joseph who got to give Jesus his name, right? I mean, there might have been a little bit of trouble, a little bit of heartache for Joseph, Joseph not really totally understanding yet everything that was going on. So this angel says, this baby that your betrothed wife is carrying is from God. And Mary, you take her as your wife and she's going to give birth and you're going to call his name Jesus for he's going to save his people from their sins, which is what the name Jesus means. It means salvation of God. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel. We just listened to it, right? Emmanuel, which is translated, our God is with us, right? God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. That's Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Very straightforward account, simply trying to show us that the birth of Jesus 
fulfilled the prophecy that was made that a virgin would conceive and bear a son. And this is the way that the Messiah, the Christ, would come into the world. And why did he come? Listen, his name signifies why he came. Jesus means Savior. Yeshua, the last, that's how it's like transliterated from Aramaic or Hebrew. Uh, Yeshua, the last part of that ah is an abbreviated form of the shortened name for God, Yahweh. And Yeshua, Yeshua, the first part of it, means salvation. So it's, it's really salvation of God, God's salvation. That's what his name means. That's what he came to do, to save people from sins. That's why. That's the reason. That's the whole deal. Now, Luke gives us some more detail. Listen to this. This is in Luke uh, chapter 1, in verse 26, I start. There's like two sections to this. Now in the sixth month, and you sort of have to know the backstory to know what sixth month means. The beginning of the Gospel of Luke describes the birth of two babies. The first one is John the Baptist, and a relative of Mary's by the name of Elizabeth became pregnant, and when it says the sixth month, it's referring to the sixth month of her pregnancy, all right? So Elizabeth's pregnancy is six months along, and it says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And it's so neat because Matthew's gospel focused on how Joseph would have experienced and received all these things. Luke's gospel focuses on how Mary would respond to all of these things. So the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel Gabriel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And there's so much more detail in there as well. The fact that he that the fact that she is told that he is going to be the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David was a clear indication that this was the Messiah that she was going, the promised one, that she was going to be giving birth to. Uh, I'll pick up the story now on the actual night that uh, Jesus was born. So that's sort of the, you fast forward in your mind, nine months, and it says, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, the Roman emperor, that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, 
who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Right? Now, that's, that's the story of Jesus being born. But Luke also adds this detail, which we just sang about and have heard sung about tonight. And it's just a great story. Listen. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior, who is Christ, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, what? Yeah. Right? Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let's get ourselves over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Tremendous account and very familiar, right? There are other references in the Bible to magi coming from the east, but uh, these are often lumped together incorrectly, I think, with like the Christmas story. That actually doesn't happen until some time later, and there are some other facets to it. But, but that's, basically the, that's basically what happened at Christmas. What happened? What happened was this promise, this promise that God had made centuries and centuries before promising that he would deliver salvation to his chosen people, Israel, the Jews, and all people of the whole world. This salvation would come, and it would come in the form of a virgin conceiving and giving birth to a child. And that child would not be any ordinary child. That child would be the Son of God. And that child would save people from their sins. There's one more account of this in the Bible. That's right. Yes, one more. And listen to this. It's in the Gospel of John. Now, this won't have stories of angels, and this won't have stories of the sky lighting up and manger scenes. All of that is wonderful and true and biblical and correct. But listen to this account of what we call Christmas. Listen carefully. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. It's John the Baptist. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power, the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh, but of God. And the Word, this person called the Word that we've been reading about. It's a strange way to describe a person, right? We talk, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we know that this is a person who's being referred to as the Word, And we're told that in the beginning, he was both with God and he was God. This is a most remarkable person. And we're told that this person, the Word, when he came, he is the giver of life, he is the giver of light to all men, and he is the giver of salvation to all who will believe in his holy name. You know what we're told about this person called the Word? We're told that the Word, listen, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John the Baptist bore witness of him and cried out saying, This, this was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through this person called the Word, whose name is Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. When Jesus was born, it's not just the story of a birth of a baby. But it is, and that's great. But it's not just about a baby in a manger. When Jesus was born, it's not just about some of the the, the really sublime elements of the story, like the swaddling cloths and the and the lay, laying in the, the feeding box for the animals because there's no room for them in the inn and and just all these wonderful things. Listen, it is all of that, and all that's true. But if you really want to focus in on what it's about. It's this, this person called the Word who was both with God and is God. 
When Jesus was born, the Word became flesh. Jesus was born God with us, Emmanuel. When Jesus was born, God became part of his own creation. Yes, you're sitting here today and as real as anything in this room, as real as the people next to you, as real as the hard wood that you're sitting on, as real as any of the food that you ate downstairs, God walked on this earth, breathed air, drank water, lived, slept, laughed, wept, spoke, performed great miracles, brought to us the promise of God that salvation from sin by his grace and his love and his mercy would come to men. This promise was made for centuries and centuries. And when Jesus was born, that was God himself becoming a man so that he might ultimately lay down his life as a sacrifice for us. See, this baby in the manger lives this remarkable life. Did you know that the Bible teaches, and it's absolutely essential, that Jesus never sinned one time in his life even as a child, even as a young man. And the Bible tells us he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet he was without sin. The one life that was ever lived that did not deserve to die, the Bible teaches, he handed himself over, surrendered himself, that he might be put to death. And listen, People talk about, well, the Romans killed him, the Jews killed him. Stop it. Stop it. Christ surrendered himself gladly and willingly because of the will of the Father. The prophecy in in Isaiah says that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. God's love for you is this. And you think about this at this Christmas. Jesus was born to bring God's salvation and to bring it in this way. When he grew up and he offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins, he died bearing, when he died on the cross, all of the just punishment and wrath of God that I deserve for my sins. May I say that again to make sure you understand? When Jesus Christ was crucified, this one that we think about at Christmas, this baby in the manger, lives like 33 years, and as a, as a young man, it seems young to me, 33, as a young man, he surrenders himself to the civil authorities who, from what a human perspective it would say, would have to be said was unjustly, but it was God's plan. Jesus surrenders himself. He's crucified. And when he's dying on the cross, shedding his blood and passing away, what he's actually doing is defeating sin because the sinless one died as a sacrifice for the sins of everyone else. God's holy wrath against all of our sin was perfectly, completely, totally, properly satisfied when Jesus died in our place. That is God's love for you. That is God's goodness to you. That is God's chance given to you. 
That is God's kindness. That is God's compassion. That is God's mercy. Yes, that is God's love. For he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him will not die but have everlasting life. We are all sinful people. God's word shows it. You shall not lie. We've all told lies. Honor your father and mother. We've all, in our youth or even in adulthood, dishonored our parents. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. And the Bible says even if you just hate your brother in your heart, you're a murderer. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not have any images to worship. We're sinners. We're sinful. And God is holy. At Christmas, as we call it, the Bible never calls it that, but at what we call Christmas, when Jesus was born, that was the beginning of the unfolding of God's plan to bring redemption to you. The law of God, which we've all broken, was fulfilled in Jesus. Sin, which we all are, was defeated by Jesus. Death, which we all face, was suffered in our place by Jesus and then conquered when he rose from the dead on the third day. And now here's what he says to you. Here's what he says to you and I. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Do you believe? Humble yourself before God. Acknowledge before God that you're sinful, humbly. Acknowledge before God that you're sinful and that you can't save or justify yourself by being religious or trying to be good or by kindness or good works. Listen, being good is good, that's fine. But we can't justify ourselves before God. You need His salvation. Receive it. We give gifts to each other at Christmas. We know how to do that. We know how to give each other good things. God offers you the gift of forgiveness and everlasting life and the presence of his Holy Spirit in you if you will but believe and receive him. Receive him. Receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Receive Jesus, the Messiah, as your Lord and as your Savior by faith And that's it. The Bible teaches that a person, when they believe this good news with all of their heart, they are saved. That's what it said. I just read it to you. To those who believe in his name, come to him. Come to him. Well, where do I go? You don't go anywhere physically. You come to him in your heart. Humble yourself and repent. Turn to him maybe in a prayer and And and, and it's not saying a particular prayer that saves you, but, but turn to him and say to him, Lord, I know that I've sinned, but I believe this wonderful message of your salvation. I need Jesus, your son. And pray, Lord Jesus, please save me 
from my sins. I believe you. I trust you. I love you. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust in the Lord Jesus with all of your heart. Believe in the Lord Jesus with all of your heart and you will be saved. And that, that is what this story of the baby in the manger is about. Not because I say so, but because the one source of all of the information we have says so. How about you? Do you need him? Do you need to be saved? Do you need to be saved? You may have been religious your whole life. You may have been completely non-religious your whole life. We're all in the same boat. You need Jesus. You need to receive him personally for yourself. Something you can't do for your kids. Listen, and I've, I've not, I actually one time baptized an 80-year-old man who had received by faith Jesus. He lives in a nursing home now and is together with us have started a Bible study that we do with other residents in the nursing home, which is like really cool. But it's a great story I don't have time for right now. But listen, 80 years old, a guy repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it does nothing, nothing. I, I've, I know of people who were other religions. I know of people who were hardened atheists. I know of people who were Catholics. I know of people who were Jews. There are some of them right here in the room who regardless of where you've come from religiously, we need Jesus and that is the only way of salvation. That's what the baby in the manger is about. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, thank you that we have this time together here tonight. Lord, my prayer is that if there's anybody here in this room, I don't know what that was. Lord, my prayer is that if there's anybody, Lord, here uh, who is in the room tonight who needs to receive you as their Lord and Savior, let them not trust in past religious ceremony or or conviction, but, but Lord, all of us, people who have gone to church here their whole lives or people who've never been in a church like this, whatever, we need you. And I pray that you would help, help, someone, Lord God, to just put their faith in you, Lord Jesus, that they might be saved. Maybe you're here right now and you need to receive him right now. Just pray to him in the silence of this moment, in your own way, in your own heart. Just cry out to him and ask the Lord Jesus to save you. Just in the quiet of your heart, do that right now if you need to. Just cry out to him. Confess to him that you know that he died for your sins and rose from the dead. Confess to him that you believe. Ask, ask, knock, seek, ask. Ask him to save you from your sins. We thank you, Father, for giving us this gift. In Jesus' name. Amen.